you're going to have, I, I, what I coach my clients is creating version 2.0 and then you're gonna have 3.0. And think about our iPhones. I think mine's on like version 16 point something. You're going to continually reinventing yourself because the only constant is change. If you're not changing, you're dying. Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode of Inside the Inspired, the podcast where we dive deep into the stories of entrepreneurs and innovators who are changing the game in their respective industries. Before we dive into it, please take a second to rate, review, and subscribe to the show if you haven't already, and follow us on Spotify so you can stay up to date with all the latest episodes and content coming your way. Today is a very special day. I get the opportunity to ask a very unique individual, a speaker, an author, a mindset coach, a podcast host, and an entrepreneur. Well, I'm so humbled and excited to introduce Miss Heather Hayes, how are you today? Jonathan, thank you so much for having me. It's nice to be on the flip side. I'm just going to get right into it and want to ask you, why is mindset so important? Well, I have, it's over on my wall. It's all about mindset. Like literally mindset is everything. I've been into personal development since I was young. I was definitely started reading the books when I was a teenager, but The older I get, the more I realize, and maybe I shared with you, but I consider entrepreneurship personal development on steroids. And the reason I say that and bring that up is I have had to come up against myself a lot and realize life is a mirror. What's ever happening internally is reflected externally. It's about changing the inside and that the mind is the cause of every effect in our life. What led you to this thesis, this approach? How did you stumble upon it? I don't think life is about stumbling. I think, you know, there's building blocks. But here's the main thing. I did what we're conditioned to do in Western culture, Western society. I went to college. I got a degree. Then I got another one and I climbed the corporate ladder. But I found myself continually going through life's motions. I felt like I complained a lot to my parents in my 20s. I feel like a hamster on a wheel going through life's motions. And I had accumulated and acquired all the things that were supposed to make me happy, but I wasn't. And I have found, especially my coach clients, that we all come against things in our life that could change our trajectory and that people create change in the life of one of two spaces, inspiration and motivation, listening to podcasts, reading books, watching documentaries, or they wait until like a state of pain and suffering. So one of those two things, but I guess long story short, it was my own journey and realizing that we can thrive in this lifetime, not just survive. And I want to help other people do that. And I've seen firsthand the testimonials of the lives that you've helped elevate in people that are so enlightened by the presence and the empathy that you bring to their own lens. Can you share with the audience maybe one or two points? that can help them gain some perspective about how they could start to elevate their life. Say someone comes to you, they're just feeling down, they feel a lack of fulfillment, and they don't really know where to start. What would you say? Yes. So what I see most often, I have a free tool. It's a resource called the Life Assessment My website. And I've seen hundreds of these come through. And there, I'd say, are three commonalities. And it doesn't matter the age of the person, the background, the education. But the three major pain points I see and what people, the words they use are, I feel stuck. I feel stuck in my relationship. I feel stuck financially. I feel stuck in my head and that negative mental chatter. So really, people are just feeling 
stuck and and they lack clarity and don't have forward focus. So the first step, the first thing to do is you have to have awareness. You have to have you have to become aware of who you are being, your thoughts, your emotions, your actions, your habits. That is the first step to create change in your life. Start observing yourself. I couldn't agree more. And I think that when it comes to awareness, there's this just lack of clarity. People just kind of float through life and they don't realize the opportunity that's in front of them by no fault other than I think as a society, we've been conditioned to think and feel things that we don't necessarily realize we want or we want to think. And, you know, something that I appreciate about your approaches, and, and you mentioned it recently in one of your content pieces, altitude versus attitude. Can you enlighten the audience a bit about how they can elevate themselves through their attitude? Well, and that's why mindset is everything. And so, for example, you got to start paying attention to your self-talk. And most people latch on to disempowering beliefs and they keep replaying stories, you know, how life isn't working for them. And do you remember years ago, I, I was not a fan of this, but FML, you know, F my life. And, and people don't understand that your stories create your outcomes and your results. And so if you start telling the story of the life you want, it doesn't literally, it doesn't matter your current circumstance. If you are broke, if you are just getting by, but you start thinking and feeling more abundant, abundant. Be grateful for what you do have. Be grateful for the clothes that are on your back. Be grateful that you have something to eat in the fridge. And so I'd say having an attitude of gratitude is the best place to start. Because the this really comes down to discipline and habits and it's a lifestyle. It's a new state of being. So what you asked about at, um, altitude and your attitude, your attitude is everything. You know, people talk about the the top 3%. The top 3% are human beings just like you, but they're doing things differently. I'm so happy you mentioned discipline because it literally is something I wanted to talk about, as you know, from our conversation. What does discipline mean to you? And we could go from there, but I'm curious also, what is discipline relative to motivation in your practice? Well, discipline is like, there are more, I go to the gym seven days a week. I am a self-proclaimed gym rat and I am fine with that. But the reason I go to the gym is because the only bad workout you, uh, the only bad workout is the one you didn't do. Not only do workouts give me clarity, but I have built good habits because even if I feel that resistance, and I don't really feel like it. I go anyway. So I have trained and disciplined myself. That maybe if I don't, quote, feel like it, maybe I don't feel like creating content. Maybe I don't feel like doing laundry. But I love the quote, how you do anything is how you do everything. So when you create these small habits and you stack them, then you let go of most people are held back by procrastination, which is one form of self-sabotage and disappearing beliefs. So. If you procrastinate on the little things, you're going to procrastinate on the big things. So for me, procrastination is not an option. It's not even on the table. So that's what discipline is to me. Do you have any frameworks or tips for how people can get present and overcome forms of procrastination? 
the big thing is, you know, like Mel Robbins talks about the five second rule. And the reason I like Mel's five second rule, it's really easy. And the backstory on that, long story short, her life was in shambles. She was drinking a ton. Her marriage was on the rocks, going through life's motion. One evening, she's getting ready to turn off the TV and there was a rocket and they were counting down and, and she caught it at five, four, three, two, one, and something snapped. So Mel, using that five-second rule, she gives her brain a five-second window of opportunity to, to take action. Because if you get outside that small window of opportunity, that's how we talk ourselves out of greatness. So that's one place to start. But also, I think it's like, if, if you have a clear vision and you have a clear why, why do you get up every day? Why do you go to work? Why do you want to make more money? Why do you want to do this thing? And for me, when I stopped making it about me, that's how I got rid of imposter syndrome and procrastination. That if I don't create content, that if I don't do coaching, I can't help other people feeling stuck and, and playing small. It's such a powerful sentiment. You're depriving your students, your audience of sentiments and and principles that could help them elevate their quality of life honestly it's one of the only things that has kept me sane in trying to send out and put out good energy to a place where it feels like sometimes it can be stagnant and you have to compel yourself to like you were saying create content or do things that you don't want to do and that's where discipline can come in and procrastination and all these different forms of self-sabotage but you know, as you pointed out, it's not about you or I. It's about everyone out there that needs to internalize and distill the information in a way that can proactively elevate their quality of life. And on that same note, I mentioned that you're an author. Take the leap. What does it mean to take the leap? Well, for me, uh, I even have written on my computer, my word for this year is unwavering faith. And I want people to know that I am a human too. I have off days or off moments. But by doing this work, like I even remember at the start of 2020, a lot of people got hit by a Mack truck, totally fell apart, right? Gained all this weight, just fell apart. And I was so grateful that I already had years of personal development. I'd already been building my mindset muscle. So I was like, I was in the zone. I was in the prime. I turned my garage into a gym. Like if you allow people and circumstances to stop you, you've given your power away. And so for me to take the leap, so my book simply was about, I didn't have a plan, but I followed the intuitive nudge. We all have access to our intuition. And I kept, kept feeling this need to quit my job. I had no plan. And that's scary for a lot of people to, to leave, well, quote, stability, right? People get laid off and fired and, and businesses go out all the time. But I took a leap of faith by following an intuitive nudge. And after I quit, after I gave notice, I was awarded a six-figure payout from the company's IPO. I did not know I was getting that, but that's where it's jump and the let, let the net appear. And I've heard this from countless other people, like I'm not an anomaly. Many other people, even on my podcast, have shared the same, like 
If you trust and you have faith that you will always be provided for, the resources you need will come your way, the people you need, but you just taking, keep taking one step at a time, the path unfolds. I love that a pillar of what you bring to the table is putting that faith in other people, in circumstance, but also you have this incredible accountability. And you make sure that you can control what you can control, which is evident by building out your own garage gym. I can obviously relate. At one point, I had an apartment gym in here. It has now since been redecorated as I have elevated my life, got married. I'm super excited about that. It's been really super special when, you know, someone enters your life and obviously shows you how you can enhance your quality. So I want to shift the conversation a bit in terms of all the content that you've put out over the years. You've built an immense presence on LinkedIn and you have a incredible amount of content that you've put out in the form of courses, a book, your life assessment, your podcast, over 500 episodes at this point, I believe. Well, tomorrow's 534. Okay, so there we go. It's... Incredible. Can you share what led to this commitment to putting out tons of content? Like, what is it that led to everything that we see that is Heather Hicks? Oh, my gosh. And I love that. So I was having a conversation with a buddy of mine who just started his own chiropractic um, office like two months ago. And I was like, if you think I had overnight success, I want you to know this is years in the making. There is, I do not believe in overnight success, but it is all about who I've become in the process. So as an example, back when I started my podcast, that was December of 2017. I had, uh, I was part of a, just three of us, a mastermind. And so this is what I call accountability buddies. I think it is, crucial, especially in entrepreneurship and and people that want to elevate your life, you need community. You need people. Now, you're only as strong as the weakest link. But I remember being part of that mastermind. We had a call every single week. We were very consistent. But when I started the podcast, they asked a simple question. Heather, how many episodes are you going to do a week? And I simply said, two. I don't know, like, One didn't feel that hard, but two felt just enough to be like, on top of everything I do, enough. And for whatever reason, declaring that. So for me, my word means something. When I say something, I'm going to do it. And they're not holding me accountable today. You know, that was almost, gosh, nearly six years ago. But simply by me declaring it, and that's even like, I did the David Goggins challenge four by four by 48. And when I did that, I posted on social media. Again, that's accountability because it's so easy to be like, man, that was hard or I don't feel like it today. No, like I, I decided that. And again, it's, I built the small habits in little things because now I do them in everything. Do you always have this vision of becoming a mindset coach, an entrepreneur, author, speaker, where did this, what what was the catalyst for this explosive growth? No. So I did not plan any of this. I want you to know that. But what's 
interesting. And I, I remember realizing this when I was writing my book. My dream as a little girl, I wanted to be a teacher. But I remember when I got to college, teachers made 35 grand a year. And I was like, just kidding. I don't want to be a teacher. <laughs> Quick shout out to teachers, though. Oh, for sure. And that is not an easy job at all. But we all have that thing inside of us. And a lot of us, you know, go and chase the money. But here's what I want to share with you about that. So I, I went and got a basic degree, communications and marketing, and then I got my paralegal. And so I did kind of like save to make money and I made money and I was bored to tears. And I just find it very interesting that it turns out I'm very much in a teaching role by podcasting and coaching and doing what I do. So I just want you to realize, have that vision, that idea, something that lights you up and realize it is not going to come about the way you could perceive it or expect it. I, I, I could have never planned this, but all I did was follow the notch, follow the breadcrumb, one thing after another. And then it, it led me, you know, to at the time back in fall of, I think it was 2016, Lewis Howe Summit of Greatness Academy. So I'm with like-minded 500 entrepreneurs in a group. Um, and that's where everybody was podcasting. So I ended up getting into that. Like life continually unfolds. And that's where I'm at today. It's a pretty cool story. I mean, like I've thought about masterminds. I feel like they get hyped up quite a lot in this day and age. I'm curious your experience and how it informs your perspective today and everything that you do? Well, different versions of Heather require different things. For example, years ago, back in fall of 2016, I watched I Am Not Your Guru on Netflix. That's a Tony Robbins documentary. And that's where I got my first life coach. So 2016, I got my first coach, Deets. Love Deets. We're still in touch today. Been on my podcast twice. But here's what I want to share about that. Tony Robbins was part of my journey at that time. And, and Tony Robbins teaches full immersion, all in commitment. You got to burn the effing boats. You know, there's no plan B. You can't be on the fence. So Tony was part of my journey. But I'm very much like I am so past that superficial surface level, hustle grind, masculine energy mentality that no longer works for me. I am now... I love Dr. Joe Dispenza, neuroscience, understanding quantum physics, that we are the creators of our reality. The only limits I say, the sky is not the limit. Your belief system is. Uh, so just realize you're going to have, I, I, what I coach my clients is creating version 2.0, and then you're going to have 3.0. Think about our iPhones. I think mine's on like version 16 point something. You're going to continually reinventing yourself. Because the only constant is change. If you're not changing, you're dying. It's such a true point. And I have even noted a adaptation in myself when you talk about how Tony Robbins was a pillar in your growth at a certain point in your life. I mean, obviously, I can relate. I can pinpoint a specific moment in listening to a Tony Robbins podcast where I just discovered podcasts and the notion of being able to control your feelings resonated with me in a way that was like, is that even possible? Like, I didn't even know that we're allowed to do that. What if you could control your thoughts? And my life was never the same ever since. And that's what, for me, was the catalyst in terms of springboarding my personal development growth and 
developing self-awareness and, you know, obviously a few books, experience and experiences and other things along the way. Uh, but now you talk about Dr. Joe Dispenza. I, I believe that's an elevated level of thinking. It requires a much, it requires much more depth of thought. And because he talks about frequency and vibration and it can sound kind of woo-woo. Um, what would you say to that in understanding and learning everything that you're up to now? How does, like, yeah. do, does it, you know, elicit any type of response, if at all? So I remember even when I first was started podcasting, you know, I didn't want to be too woo-woo. But here's the thing. All of Dispenza is teaching is metaphysics. And for those that love Nikola Tesla, one of his infamous quotes is, if you want to know the secrets of the universe, think in terms of energy, frequency, and vibration. And that's why I like teaching from a science lens so that people can let go of, oh, that's woo-woo spirituality. No, it's metaphysics. Like, if you, here's the thing. I'm, I'm never going to force somebody to believe something. I like to offer and teach and I tell people, apply this into your life. Experiment with it. Try it. Because, yes, at first some of them might be like, hmm, is that real? But I also started with, I remember watching The Secret, Law of Attraction, back in 2006. And I remember watching that. And I was like, this is BS. And then guess what? I got out of my own way. I was curious enough. I feel I'm open-minded. I watched it again. Something intrigued me. So I simply put it into play. So put this into play test it, try it. And then I was like, oh my gosh, if I could do it with this, can I do it with this? And money's a fun one. Money's a tangible one you can use this with. And I've done experiments anywhere from $200 a day to a $35,000 experiment. That's just where I've tested it. But again, the sky is not the limit. Your belief system is. And thoughts do become things. That is proven. It's pretty cool to see how your evolution has taken place and how you can also pinpoint certain moments where they've led to greater perspective, more informed thought, and in turn, you can coach and offer principles to individuals that are seeking an elevated type of guidance. Now, how does someone know if they even need a coach? Well, I would say that most people are living unconscious, autopilot, going through life's motions. Like I shared earlier, you know, if you're on cruise control and, and you're fine living for the weekends and, and you don't really have a vision and, you know, you just, what's that saying about don't live the same life 75 years in a row? Those Never. people are currently seeking change or, or want anything different. But for the other vast majority that like they don't know what they don't know but something doesn't feel right like they they intellectually know here's what i hear from people just so we're not doing hypotheticals somebody recently came to me and he's like you know i've been going through the motions in my marriage for the past three years things haven't been good for three years somebody else came to me and told me this guy he's like you know i've been living in this negative mentality. I know it's my mindset, but I've been in this space in this funk for four years. One more. A woman came to me and she said, you know, I'm widowed. My personal and romantic relationships have not been going well for 10 years. My advice to you is like, 
any sort of inkling or feeling in a funk, don't let it get three, four, and 10 years down the road before you decide to make change. Shifting gears again a bit. I usually don't ask this question, but I'm curious. Do you have a morning routine or rituals or habits that you rely on to get you into a flow state or start your day? Is there anything that you can share with us? Oh, a hundred percent. And anyone in personal development will preach to you about morning routine. I intentionally call it a ritual because a routine, what word can you derive from that? Rough. And so I remember years ago, I read uh, How Elrod Miracle Morning, and I think his acronym might have been SMART. I don't quite remember. So I tested that. I've tested tons. And here's what I recommend and offer to individuals. See what other people are doing, and then you got to find what works for you. I read Robin Sharma's book, 5 a.m. Club, I, and I love Robin Sharma because he teaches like he teaches in a fable, but he's really teaching you intellectually personal development stuff it's amazing figure out what works for you you do not have to get up at 4 a.m somebody else told me they have a 28 step morning routine you do not need something like that mine is simple i get up i feel gratitude i do a morning meditation i go to the gym so mine is about self-care getting myself in the right mind space energy for the day uh, I come down and I write out my little manifesto and then I am ready to take on the rest of the day and serve and create content. And like, I get to do this. That's my mentality. I, I woke up today. I get another shot at life. That perspective, that mindset shift alone, I think is so invaluable. The I get to do something versus I have to do something. The words that we use have so much power over us and you tapped into it right there where every single day we have a choice. One of my favorite quotes, Victor Frankl, man or woman decides who he wants to be in any moment, every moment. And that gives me permission as an individual to take my power back and remind myself that it's a privilege to be here, that pressure is a privilege, that opportunity is a privilege. And something that we talk often on this podcast is about creating opportunity for ourselves. And obviously that's something you've done, which is why I requested to have you on the show, because I believe in the opportunity that you create for yourself. Something else that I wanted to also talk about is the duration of the morning routine. You mentioned a 28 step routine relative to yours. Do you put a time limit on it? Should people put a time limit on it? I get that it's a what works for you, right? But I've heard so many podcasts, so many renditions of routines that I think it was like a season of my life where for a year I'd listen to all these different morning routines. I'd try this, that, and the other thing. And by the time I got my day started, it was like, all right, like I have to get to work like, and I need to make things happen. Could you share a bit in terms of the duration and, and uh, maybe how people can start to curate their own? Well, number one, do not make it complicated. It doesn't have to be complicated. And, you know, a lot of people are kind of weird about meditation. But here's what I want you to think about with meditation. It's actually really simple. It's simply disconnecting from our it's sensory deprivation. So it's disconnecting from all the noise, all the distractions. And it's literally, I Googled this. I looked up the definition of meditation. It's a mind training your awareness and intention. 
So whether you spend 10 minutes in the morning, 20 minutes, you need to do what's good for you. And again, my days, it, it will depend. But like what, create a, this morning ritual. And even I highly recommend an evening one as well, reflecting how I do today. But whatever you do, do it so you can travel with it. Like don't complicate this. But I, I'm all about some meditation or mindfulness. So that could be journaling the meditation and movement. That's what I highly recommend. Something meditative, mindful, and movement. I think that's very powerful and appropriate response. Breath work, meditation, getting present, disconnecting, sensory deprivation, all very powerful mediums when executed on. If you don't know how to, there's YouTube, there's tools out there, and it's worth the three to 10 hours you'll spend investigating and actually get an incredible return on your time and your investment. But that's just my two cents. I'd be remiss if we didn't address a fixed mindset relative to a growth mindset. So seeing as you are the mindset expert, could you please define each for us if you can and maybe give some examples about how people can start to elevate to themselves, elevate themselves into a growth mindset. So Carol Dweck has a great book on this. It's literally called Mindset. And that's what her book is all about. She describes and talks about a fixed mindset versus a growth mindset. Now, my beliefs, my perception, I don't believe anybody is born with a fixed mindset and they could never have a growth mindset. I believe life is all about choice and free will. So a fixed mindset is somebody who very limited perspective, like narrow vi tunnel vision, my way or the highway. That's just how life is. Or here's a good one. That's how we've always done it. That is a fixed mindset, somebody very stuck in their ways. Somebody with a growth mindset is curious. They're open-minded. Um, like you, you have this feeling within you, you're meant for more. You maybe don't know how to go about it, but another term, right? High achievers, driven, ambitious. I think those are growth mindset people. So somebody old school would be like a cog in the wheel, go to work, eat, sleep, go to work, eat, sleep. That's a fixed mindset. Your life is very predictable versus somebody who is a creator of their life, who has vision, consistent, all these habits in place. They have a vision. They're a leader. They're helping others. They're like a night and day difference. Did that help? It very much did. I'm going to throw out a couple words. Just let me know the first thing that comes to mind. Fear. False evidence appearing real. I use the term, well, the mantra, let fear fuel you, not rule you. And here's what I want people to know. Whether you have fear or excitement in the body, it's like the same if your heart's racing and sweaty palms or kind of butterflies in the stomach. You will experience that in fear or excitement. It's the same physiological thing. So I have learned to, when I get that kind of in my belly, that I don't know, I go towards it. Perspective. Is everything. Uh, your worldview is based on your perspective. Realize you're not always right. Mindset. 
you can change it. Oh, sorry. I didn't, I didn't mean to cut you off. Please continue. Oh, I was just going to say, when you said mindset, what came to mind is you can change it and it's, it's your attitude. It's your state of being. There's a question that I love to ask all of my guests as we round out the podcast. If the future version of yourself was to fly in from 10 years from now and offer you some advice to get to that ideal spot that you believe that she'll be in, what do you think she would say to you in order to get there? Keep going. I think it's very simple. It's just uh, the one thing I have running in the back of my mind is you didn't come this far to only get this far. And like I shared earlier, entrepreneurship is personal development on stories. This is not easy, but I know I'm capable. So keep going. Heather, thank you so much for your time today. Can you please let the audience know where they can find you? Sure. The best place to start where you can connect with me on social and the podcast and everything is simply my website, heatherhakes.com. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Inside the Inspired. If there's a topic that you want me to talk about, please don't hesitate to reach out. You can follow me on Instagram at Inside the Inspired or on LinkedIn, Jonathan Z. Cohen. I'd love to hear from you. The show is growing. I see the audience picking up and fills me in levels in ways that I'm going to continue to express by bringing on top tier guests and people that I believe give you a bit of meaning, enlightenment, and wisdom that you wouldn't get otherwise. So that's all for this one. And until next time, stay safe, stay strong, stay mindful.